Hey friends, I hope you're all staying safe and healthy and taking care of yourselves and the people who are important to you. I I've got a question for you listeners who are cohabitating with another human. Or maybe you've lived with a boyfriend or girlfriend in the past. I had something happen yesterday and maybe you'll be able to relate to this. Even if you've just lived with a roommate or even just a sibling. Anyway, the other day I lost my deodorant. I share a bedroom with my wife of 20 years, and the room does get cluttered. We both work full-time jobs, and we're tired at the end of our work days and clothes, and they get washed and dried and folded, but m maybe never put away. So I don't know if my deodorant fell off my bureau and, and, and rolled under uh, under the uh, the bed. I, I don't know if it's maybe under a mountain of clothes that are waiting to be be uh, put back in the closet. Uh, I don't know where it is. I I'm hoping it turns up soon. But in the meantime, I've been using my wife's roll-on ladies' deodorant. Is that a gross thing to admit? Maybe it's gross. Regardless, it, it, it's kind of fun and a little weird to walk around smelling like someone else. But, I mean, listen, I I'm a busy guy. I do work from home, but sometimes I have to leave the house. I, I went to the bank yesterday. I, I, I got together with some friends over the weekend. Now, now you might be saying, well, if, if you can leave the house uh, to do these things, then you can stop and and, and stop at a gro uh, grocery store or a, uh, 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 you know, a, a pharmacy and pick up your own deodorant. And you're right. And I will if my lost deodorant never rematerializes in the next couple days. I mean, if I lived alone and never left the house, I wouldn't even need deodorant, right? Hell, I, I, I wouldn't need soap or shampoo either. I, I could use all my free time to lay on the couch and read books all day. And speaking of reading books, are you aware, dear listener, that I'm a published author with eight novels currently available for purchase in both paperback and ebook formats worldwide via Amazon? It's true, and, and uh, they're available through other online book retailers as well. There are no... No ads on this podcast, and there's no Patreon set up for People Are the Enemy, but if you'd like to support this show and myself monetarily, or you'd just like to read great fiction, uh, please consider going to Amazon and typing my name, Andy Mascola, into the search bar and uh, buying a book or two. Most of my paperbacks are just $9 US, and ebooks are only $2.99 US. And when you buy a paperback, you get the ebook version of that book for free. If you don't use Amazon, no problem. You can find most of my novels in paperback format at barnesandnoble.com. If you've already purchased any or all of my books, holy moly, thank you so, so much. And with all that out of the way, here's the quirky theme song. People Are the Enemy listeners, this is episode 147 of the People Are the Enemy podcast. Thank you so much for being with me, 
If it's your first time listening, thanks so much for checking out the show. I really appreciate it. I, th I think you'll enjoy it. I hope you'll enjoy it. Uh, you know, I'm recording this on my lunch break at work today. Uh, I say at work. I'm, I'm literally at home. I work from home, as a lot of folks, of course, given the circumstances of 2020 and what COVID has uh, given us, uh, we have to work from home, and, and I'm one of those people. So if you hear some some extra uh, noises in the background, it's, it's because I'm literally sitting in front of the equipment I use for my regular full-time job. And uh, you might hear a hard drive humming along. I can I can actually hear it where I am. You, if you're if you're if you're listening a uh, um, if you're your regular listener rather, you might notice the difference in sound. But that that's what it is. So uh, again, I'm kind of recording on the fly today. I'm recording during my lunch break. The reason being, my father is coming over this evening, and I have to help him with a with a Google um, project. He's he's doing some kind of he's doing some kind of um, remote learning, and he has to to uh, share his screen so we need to we need to make sure that he'll be able to to uh, give a presentation and uh, and share his screen uh whew. anyway uh you know and, and 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 the reason why I don't have a whole lot of time is is because I'm writing still for National Novel Writing Month I've I've got over 50 pages uh typed of a manuscript and uh, it's coming along well I'm excited about it I'm I'm really hoping that that uh, that this will be my 2021 novel. I, I feel good about it. It's a strange story for sure, it, and uh, it's but it's very unique and uh, it's funny and fun and uh, I think uh, I think it'll be I think it'll be great when all is said and done. Um, what did I have to tell you? Well, let me, let me. I made a list of things to to talk about here. I I, uh, I saw some wildlife over the weekend. I saw a turkey vulture eating a squirrel in my yard. Yeah. Yeah, have you ever seen a turkey vulture before? I don't know if you've ever seen them. They're, they're these big birds. If you if you've ever seen a vulture, you know, and you can picture like a vulture from like the Warner Brothers cartoons, even you know, it's a, it, it, they they look pretty much like that, where they they've got like you know this this um, black feathers, um, a bigger body, kind of like about you know maybe just slightly smaller than a than a turkey, and and a head like a like a vulture basically it looks like chewed bubblegum you know like that kind of pinkish gross look you know except the these turkey vultures they don't have they don't have that kind of um uh, I don't know what you call it. You know, almost like that ring of fur that you see around around the neck of like actual vultures. So, but this this turkey vulture was just standing there, and they are fearless, man. They, they, this one just stood there, and it was. I was like, what is that that turkey vulture doing? I was literally in my car in the driveway. I had just come back from somewhere, and and this turkey vulture was eating a, a squirrel carcass. Yeah, man, they're savage. They're savage. What you'll do is like. You, you'll be you'll be walking along after the rain, right? After a rainy day in New England, at least uh, at least where I am in New England, I'm in southern New Hampshire, and uh, these turkey vultures they'll get wet, their feathers will get wet, and what they'll do is they'll go perch in a tree after the rain, and they'll they'll just sit there with their wings spread wide open. Oh man, it's creepy. You'll see like three or four of them, you know, spaced out in a tree and just standing there, you know, just letting their wings their wings dry out, just holding them open in the air. Damn, and they will circle, man. They will circle. You know, almost sound like uh, that. <laughs> Thinking about REM. Do you remember like Orange Crush? It's like, and we circled, and we circled. You remember that that little sample that's thrown in there? Uh, yeah, anyways, I, I was just thinking of that. Anyway, sorry, if you don't know R.E.M. and you don't know the song Orange Crush, you probably have no idea what I'm talking about. My apologies for the diversion there. Anyways, but these, these turkey vultures will circle around, and then they'll swoop down, and they will they will snatch up their prey, man. They are vicious, man. My, my wife once got in, into a fight with a turkey vulture on our front lawn. Yeah. We had, like, a 
a bag of trash. I think it might have been it might have been on our porch. Or or maybe it was, you know, maybe it was out. I don't know if it was out for pickup. But she looked out the kitchen window one day and saw a turkey vulture going through like this bag of trash on our 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 front lawn. And and my wife got out there. I don't know if she grabbed um a broomstick or or just a stick or what she had. It may have even been like it, it may have been, you know, uh, um, uh, an ice scraper with, you know, the brush on the end of it for, uh, you know, for the, for the car to get the snow off the car. But she was out there, man. She was, she was, she had to scare that thing off. And that thing, you know, wasn't, it wasn't, wasn't looking forward to getting anywhere anytime soon. It had a free bag of trash. But yeah, turkey vultures, man, they can be wicked. So I saw that the other day. And the, now here's something else I saw the other day. And this was wild too. Only the second time, I think, uh, in my life that I've seen one of these in person. But... I was driving down the road, going to the bank, and the car, right in front of the car in front of me, a coyote. And this is, this is around like two, two, no, maybe like, no, yeah, must have been around 1.30 in the afternoon. And, and, and I, I swear, I saw this coyote run across this busy road that we, uh, we live near. And I was like, oh my God, look at that. That's a coyote in broad daylight, man. You got to hide your, hide your cats, man. That, that coyote will, will take up a cat. That coyote will snatch up a, a bunny rabbit. There's lots of wild rabbits around, but yeah, man, some wildlife. Wild, right? Wild. You know what else I did, uh, this, this past weekend? I hadn't done it in years. And it, and I say years, it, it probably, like, literally, like, probably over 20 years. I played Dungeons and Dragons. I, I, I was invited by, uh, a friend of mine. He said, uh, he said, hey, these guys I work with, and this is nobody I work with directly, uh, but, uh, this, this friend of mine, he said, hey, I've, I've got these guys I work with. They invited me to play Dungeons and Dragons, and they said I could, I could bring somebody along. Are you interested? And I thought, yeah, I'm interested. I'd, I'd love to play Dungeons and Dragons. That sounds like a lot of fun. It's been a long time since I've done it. And he said, well, I've, I've never done it. So it'd be great to have you along. And so I went to the, with this fella to this, uh, to this, to this guy's house that this coworker of his, and it was just four people. It was myself and a friend and, uh, these other two guys that were at the house when we got there. And one of the, the guys was the, the dungeon master, or the DM as it's called. And uh, he had snacks, and this guy was so well prepared. I was really impressed. He had dice for all of us. He had maps uh, laid out and figurines, and he even had our like character sheets all, all already pre-prepared. He had asked some questions in advance of us coming. And uh, and he, it was his first time DMing, or dun being the dungeon master. And, and for those who don't know, the dungeon master is, is the, the, the guy or the lady who, who uh, basically is sort of like the god of the story, basically telling the story, uh, putting the adventurers on their, their quest, and, uh, and basically um, knows everything that, that is going to happen, or, or, or it may happen, and uh, is, is, is basically kind of orchestrating, orchestrating the campaign, as it's called. But uh, it was fun, and, and, and I, I, felt, I felt bad if only because I felt a little inhibited. I was a little bit shy because, again, it had been a long time for me. But I was glad to see my friend was, was really into it. And even though he'd never played before, he was, he was, he was, um, he was very vocal as far as uh, talking about uh, what he wanted to be doing in the story, what he wanted his character to be doing. And, and the other fellow that was there, again, all nice guys. Um, just, just men, no, no, no ladies for, at least for this time. But, uh, the other fellow was very animated. He was standing up and he was saying, now, if you can picture me, I'm doing this. And then he's demonstrating what he's doing. And I was like, oh man, this guy's into it. This is great. It, it was good to have a, a person that was very outgoing and, and gregarious along for sure. Uh, um, and it's there, especially there were times when I was like, well, 
you know, I, I, I kind of feel a little bit, again, inhibited. I feel a little bit shy, and I'd say to this fellow who was, had played uh, a lot, uh, and I'd say, uh, uh, w what would you recommend I do? Because when you play Dungeons & Dragons, I don't know if you know this, and, and, and forgive me if I'm wrong about this, because it, it, there may be cases when you're playing against somebody, but every time I've played, I've always played like y you work together as a team. It's sort of like, you know, it's sort of like um, the Fellowship of the Ring, you know, where it's this group of of uh, uh, mismatched uh, um, uh, characters. I was going to say, like, people, but not really people, because you got dwarves, and you got elves, and you got humans, and, you know, basically you've got a team, and you've got a, a, an objective, and you're trying to do that together. You're working together. And the Dungeon Master, again, is is, is telling you where you're going and where, you're, where you've... Uh, um, what you've encountered and what you he knows what you may encounter, etc., etc. So we did that. It was a lot of fun. It was something I hadn't done in a long time, but I, but I enjoyed myself. And we didn't even we didn't even end up finishing the game, we ended or the campaign rather. So we're gonna have to continue it. But uh, but I would definitely do it again. These guys were were really uh, really nice and really uh, uh, smart fellas and uh, and funny and and fun and uh, I, I I had a good time. So I, yeah, I, I geeked out this weekend entirely because I, I found myself getting back into comics. Now, yeah, comic books too. Yeah, I was I, I went to uh, to my local comic shop, and I've been I've been out of the game for a while. I still have what's called a pull list, and if if you know comic books, you know that like, um, and if you have a comic shop, you have a pull list, and what that means is that you have certain titles that that uh, come up every month, and you have the the people who run the comic shop taking these titles out of the boxes and, and dropping them into a folder for you. So when you come in, you just say, "Could I please have my." my folder and they, they hand you the folder with all the comics that you, you've got on your list and you're you're not required to buy them um, but obviously they, they they hope that you do and I still have a pull list and there's still some titles falling in there that I, I haven't really been following normally I just kinda of put them back on the shelf but I, I found some interesting things I found um, I found a uh, Norse mythology you're right it, it's 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 an adaptation of Neil Gaiman's book if you I don't know if you if you saw this book it's got a picture of um, a mule here I think that's what it's called. It, that's Thor's hammer. Is is that right? Am I pronouncing it right? I I don't know. To be honest with you, I don't, I don't, I don't. I read the book Norse mythology, but I don't follow like, like the the Marvel movies or Avengers. I know there's Thor is in those movies, and I don't know if they've ever said the name of that that hammer. You know, it's Thor's hammer. You can picture it, but anyway, Neil Gaiman wrote this this fictional book, of course, of Norse mythology, and uh, it was excellent. Basically, filled with all these short stories. I, I think I probably would have enjoyed it more had I been a younger person when I discovered it. But uh, Neil Gaiman is is a dynamite writer, in my opinion. I'm, I'm a fan. And uh, they had it at our library, so I, I picked it up. But anyway, when I was out at the comic book shop, I saw that they had adapted it, the, these these uh, these stories from Norse mythology, to a comic book with, uh, with all these different artists interpreting these stories and, of course, Neil Gaiman's writing. So I picked that up and I... I thought this is this is pretty cool. This is, I'll give this a shot. And and the other the other the other comic that I picked up that was uh, that was new was called um, and and I say new, but I think it might have come out last month. Um, it's called Shoot American Ronin. It's called yeah. Now it's written by Peter Milligan. I don't know if you know Peter Milligan. He uh, he's been a comic book writer for for I'll say decades. He's been around a long long time, and he's uh, he's one of the writers that I enjoy and. And I saw his name on the title, and I flipped through it, and I looked at the comic book art, and I said, huh, this looks 
pretty cool. I, I'll give this a shot too. So I gave that a shot too. And I added those titles to my pull list, uh, Norse mythology and American Ronin. I figure I won't break the, break the bank with two, just, you know, just two comic book titles and, and, uh, both, uh, both, uh, seem to seem pretty cool. So I'll, I'll give those a try and for a little while and, and, and see if, uh, see if they, they maintain my interest. And if they don't, I'll, I'll, I'll move on to something else. Oh, we, we had our dog spade this, this, uh, past week. I was off this week. We got the dog spade. Holy moly. You know, they, they told me in advance of getting, getting this, this, this dog spade that they said, you know, you know, you've got the hard job really, because we'll, we'll spay the dog and, uh, and then, and then she, you've got the hard job of trying to keep her calm and uh, make sure that she gets all her pills uh, in order that she gets better. Well, they weren't kidding about a hard job. Man, oh man, this dog. Because, you know, she's a puppy. You know, our dog, her name is Lola. All she wants to do is play. She And she's, you know, she's very rambunctious. She loves to run around. You know, but in advance of, of taking her in to get the spaying, I knew that we were going to have to keep her in the house for the next 14 days, man. Two weeks. You know, I, other than just to let her outside, obviously, to do her business you know, and you can walk her around a little bit, but you can't let her, like, go up and down stairs, you know, because she's got stitches after the spang, you know, and you have to make sure that she gets these pills on a timely, in a timely basis and timely manner. You can't let her get too rambunctious. You can't let her lick at the wound, you know, she's got the wound right on her belly, so you can't, like, you've seen these dogs, I'm sure, if you don't have a dog or you don't, you've never had a dog spayed, you've seen these dogs with cones on their head, you know, that's the exact reason, you know, so that they can't get down there and, and, and lick the wound. So we, we've tried two different things. We tried a cone, which was provided by a neighbor of ours. Thank you, neighbor, if you're if you happen to be listening to this. And and the other thing my wife got was a onesie for the dog. Oh my gosh, it's the cutest damn thing you've ever seen. It's it looks like a wrestling uh, singlet. If you can picture that, if you can picture like a wrestler, <laughs> you picture like a wrestler, you know, with like the tank top and like the little, the little, little shorts, you know, that's, that's exactly what this is. And, and it's, it's got the Dr. Denton style door in the back. You know what I mean? Like the flap. So like basically you, you, you unvelcro it and you, you, you pull it up around the dog's the backside and so that the dog can do its business, you know, but otherwise it stays on. So the dog can't, can't get at its wound and, and uh, ruin the job that the, uh, the doctor did. Uh, so we tried that initially, and, and for a couple days that was good until the dog figured out a way to get it off. Yeah, I, I, I know what you're thinking. Like, how the heck would a dog get, like, something like a wrestling slinget, singlet, rather, off its body? But but our dog found a way to do it. She And I, I didn't see her do it, but she, I heard her rubbing herself on the couch. And what she managed to do is eventually rub herself so hard that she it pulled over her head and then down her body, exposing the wound again. So I was like, oh, man, this isn't going to work. So what we've had to do is, is use this plastic cone. and Oh, she doesn't like the cone. The poor thing. If you can imagine, it's it's no fun. And she doesn't understand what's going on. You feel terrible for the dog because she just wants to play. Uh, she, she she goes outside and, and she's got these toys, obviously, that you, she's used to you throwing. She's a retriever, so she loves to, to retrieve balls and, and, and ropes and whatnot. And we can't do any of that stuff, man, with her right now. And, I, you know, I just look at the dog and I'm just like, I'm, I'm sorry. This is only for... This is only for another another week and a half. You you can make it. Just hang in there. We're, we're almost done with this. You're doing great, and you're, and you're saying all these encouraging things. But you know the dog. I don't think understands. You know, and the, and that and giving the pills, man. You got to give the dog pills. At first, you know, we tried hiding it, and it's it's gabapentin. It's which is which is a painkiller. It's like a, a for nerve pain. Uh, you, humans take it also. But uh, one of the drugs is gabapentin, and we tried kind of putting it in peanut butter, like just burying the. Um, the pill in peanut butter and and uh it, it it worked about half the time you know 
um, she'd lick and lick and lick at the peanut butter. And sometimes if she saw the pill, she'd eat around it. And then, and then what I'd had to do, and I had to do this a couple times, is I had to like put the pill on the back of her tongue, like actually put my hand in her mouth and close like her mouth and hold her mouth open and like rub, rub her throat so that she'd eventually swallow it. Oh man. And then my wife found this thing called like, um, I think they're called pill pockets. And basically it looks like a little Rolo, you know, like a chocolate Rolo, um, except the inside is hollow and it's, it's made of some kind of like, um, synthetic material and, and, and like, it, I guess it tastes like beef and cheese. I say they're beef and cheese flavored, but what you can do is put the pill inside that and the dog loves it. And that's been, that's been a like, that's been a godsend that the dog, the dog just takes this thing right down and disappears it's nice it's nice so hopefully the dog gets better given time I, I i wanted to i wanted to mention one other thing before before i wrap up today um but i, I this happened this happened uh during my vacation before we we had the dog spade i was out for her uh, a walk with her and she found a, a dead chipmunk on the on the sidewalk and like literally had it in her mouth and and I said, drop it, drop it. And she 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 just looked at me like, you know, like, what are you gonna do about it? And I, I, that's like, man, oh man, I, I don't want to put my, I I couldn't get the dog to drop it, so I had to get like, I had to take um uh, poop poo, poo bags, you know, you got like these these duty bags for the dog. They're like these little plastic bags, and, and you keep a roll of them in your pocket when you walk the dog, or at least I do. And I had to like sit there with her and like pull off this this bag and then put it on my hand like a glove and then like reach into the dog's mouth and literally take the dead chipmunk from her mouth it was so gross and then of course i, I wrapped the bag backwards around my hand so i didn't touch anything and, and tied it off we start walking again not i swear to god not 20 seconds later the dog finds another dead chipmunk and, and in her mouth and i was like oh my god are you kidding me so I had to I had to get, again get the bags. I had to put her like head between my legs and and literally like hold her uh, head up with with one hand and reach into her mouth again with the um, with the poo poo bag over <laughs> over my hand and 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 pull a dead chipmunk from her mouth. Oh my God, ladies and gentlemen, it was so gross, so gross. Dogs are gross, but but we love them. What are you gonna do? And 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 they love us back, or or seemingly so, and uh, they bring a lot of joy. So it's a give and take. Uh, I hope this uh, podcast has brought you a lot of joy. I hope I find my deodorant. I hope you guys uh, are having a good week. I hope you're having a good November. I've got writing to do. Wish me luck with my father this evening. I'm sure it'll be fine. And then wish me luck on the writing, too, you know, because I've, I've got a lot ahead of me here, but the, the story is coming along good. I feel good about it. And uh, and with all that out of the way, uh, this, is, this has been episode 147 of the People Are the Enemy podcast. Our theme song is Walrus Love by Nokia Ocean. You can find that song at and more at pizzapuppies.bandcamp.com. My name is Andy Mascola. You can purchase my novels via Amazon and other online book retailers in both paperback and ebook formats for as little as $1.99. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. We love you. Peace.